The Tangent Egg Podcast is aimed at a mature audience. It contains themes that are not appropriate for all listeners. It's important to note that we are not experts. We routinely have no idea what we're talking about and are just three idiots sitting around a table. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Tangentic Podcast. I'm Seth, and unfortunately, again, only with me is Swoosh. Hello. Uh, unfortunately, real life continues to keep Dan away from the recording suite, and uh, we uh, hope we get him back pretty soon, but uh, the real world seems to have got its fingers in him for a little while. <laughs> Which is horrible. No one wants the real world getting their claws in. No. We were thinking of replacing him with a, like, a sock puppet, but... We couldn't get the voice right. Nah. Look, maybe one day we'll find a way to make this podcast profitable enough that this isn't a problem, but right now, that's not a thing. we got to go to real jobs. Yeah. So... Unfortunately. Let's start off with... And I'm annoyed because this all happened just after we recorded last week. They had the Star Wars celebration, and we got a bunch of stuff happened. The big one, of course, for most people will have been they dropped the new trailer for Ahsoka. And that's looking really, really good. I'm quite keen for that, to be honest. I'm particularly excited because I watched all of Rebels. Yeah, same. They're bringing Mm. back the cast of the Ghost, which is the main uh, ship from that show. So we already saw Zed in in The Mandalorian. Uh, If you don't Mm. know, he was the big purple sort of like monkey looking dude. Yeah. Um, That was Zed. Uh, I can't remember what the the Twelic from the who's the pilot of the Ghost is. She's shown on camera. We've also seen mm. Chopper, who is easily one of the best droids in the franchise. Oh yeah, and we've also seen Sabine, who's a Mandalorian. So it took me a second to realize it was Sabine. She was weirdly subdued in color. I don't think she was subdued in color. I think the thing that probably threw really threw you off was the fact that she has long hair instead of the bob cut. That is also a thing because she's but- got the rainbow hair still. Yeah, but it's like with that new style that Star Wars seems to be going for, everything's like slightly darker. I was like, because her armor was always bright and colorful in the cartoon, but that cartoon itself was bright and colorful. Well, I think also they played a lot of um, color theory off it because they had her like her armor's mostly purple with orange accent. Yeah, uh, which doesn't come as bright across. Actually, I can't even remember if she was in armor in the in the trailer. I'd have to look at it. Again. I don't think she was because no, that so. was part of the reason I didn't quite catch on to. Because even the Mando armor from like the series, all the other Mandalorians you see have pretty colorful armor. Mm. Um, I do want to see what they get up to with because she was a graffiti artist. Yeah, I want to see them expand on that because it's the future. Can you imagine like kind of fluorescent or glowing paints you'd be able to get in that kind of futurescape? Well, I mean, they've shown them off like, a bit. And again, if you watched Clone yeah. Wars, and uh, not Clone Wars, yeah. uh, Rebels. And I want to see them do that in live action because I think that'd be interesting. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. I mean, Boba Fett did kind of touch on the people who implant uh, technology themselves, but didn't go into it too much. So there's things yeah. they're experimenting with in the franchise. But, but can we, like, do that idea again and not have the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers be the, uh, the example? Yeah, no, I. I they were like the worst part of that show in my head. The yeah. other stuff was fun. So but, yeah, that, no, like, that trailer keen. was the bit. Oh, and of course the confirmation of Thrawn. Oh yes, right about that. So people are very excited because it had been long. Like because the idea that the pitch that we'd seen ages ago for the Ahsoka TV hmm. show was Ahsoka and uh, Sabine looking for Ezra. 
And the yeah. last time Ezra had been seen was, well, when he walked, jumped on a whale with Thrawn. So, and they have shown that those whales in uh, Mandalorian recently. Yes, they have. Which really, I think, did well just to add a sense of scale and terror to hyperspace. As, as with equal parts, a bit of wonder too, because yeah, hyperspace is always shown as like this empty. You just sort of cruise through it thing, and then hmm. they're like, no, 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 there's life in there. There's shit in that place. It's terrifying because yeah. uh, it's one of those like it's beautiful and all that kind of stuff. It's like, uh, can you imagine that at some point there has to be an accident with one someone just slamming into one of these things going through hyperspace, chunks of space whale everywhere, horror. <laughs> um, but yeah. like, the interesting thing would be the fact that we've already seen in like the Star Wars universe, things just live in space that are predatory, mm. it's like hunters and asteroid hunt. Um, those giant worm things from the originals. Yeah. Uh, I am guaranteeing there's a predator uh, somewhere out in hyperspace. Something that hunts these whales. Yeah, probably. I mean, there has like, to be, like... I mean, there doesn't have to be, but one would argue that there's got to be a reason these whales develop the ability to go to hyperspace. Yeah. Like, pretty much. You're an organic creature with no need to, to jump between systems. There's got to be a reason. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there doesn't be have to be. Someone could have designed them that way, I guess, but, you know. Yeah. Um, Someone could have just made space whales for shits and giggles. Yeah. Kind of far future science. Um, but at the same time, like, I I would be interested for that to be a shake-up in a Star Wars universe at some point. Like, hyperspace is now not as safe as we thought it was. I don't think they'll go that far. Hyperspace is too convenient mm. for getting the, letting them go between different systems and planets. No, that's true. I don't think they'll probably <laughs> ever go much further than showing you the, the hyperspace whales. Yeah, that's fair. But, point is, last time we saw Thrawn, he was with Ezra disappearing into the wild beyond. So people Not just disappearing to the wild beyond, but disappearing to the wild beyond in a ship that did not have any windows. Yeah, which is another I... big question mark. But, he's back, so we're going to find out at least a little bit of what happened with that, I hope. Um, I hope he comes back slightly batty. Like, just a little bit insane. At the same time, I really like Thrawn, just kind of the way he is. I've read the books that go with him as well. He's he's fun the way he is. Oh, yeah. Um, Cold, calculating, and somewhat terrifying. But, speaking of Thrawn, uh, that does lead into the other big thing that was announced at Star Wars Celebration, which was three movies. One of which is being, mm. and I'm probably going to quote the wrong guy, because I always do. I think it's Dave Filoni uh, looks after Star Wars. Yeah, I think um, so. Essentially, the the Filoni who looks after Star Wars, um, yeah. is been given a movie to do, mm. and a lot of people are, uh, are speculating that what will happen is they won't defeat Thrawn by the end of Ahsoka's show. Yeah, and then this movie will be bringing Ahsoka, the Mandalorians. Maybe they'll sack up and bring the Bad Batch along with them. Um, that would be fun, and. and have them all go to defeat Thrawn. Yeah. So, that's kind of the rumor mill right now. We'll see how it all pans out. That would be fun. I would like that. I, I'm hoping they use Ahsoka as a way to bring in the Bad Batch to um, live action. That see would if be they cool. can do something there. Even if it's just a one-off job that she does because, you know, she still looks after or deals with clones. Mm. Um, well, I mean, the biggest hurdle to that right now is the current season of Bad Batch is over yeah and we have no idea 
what's going to happen to them long run. Yeah. So while I would love them to live long enough and to be able to show up in in a subsequent project, hmm. they're not currently in their own fiction in a position to do that. Pretty much. They're also like, still like beginning of the empire, not post empire. Yeah. So, but it would be like, cool. Might, what would be interesting is if they just if Ahsoka, you know, she goes around attacking, you know, uh, was it ex rebel or ex imperial bases. Uh, she just finds them in carbonite because that was just a matter of like oh shit there's clones here Look, let's get them out I would expect and it gives you that weird point I would expect if they were gonna bring one back they'd probably go for Rex yeah no guarantee they'll bring Rex in because be I like the Bad Batch and I think they'd make a better fit but Rex is the iconic character to Ahsoka because if I yeah. recall Rex used to run the regiment of stormtroopers that she was regularly attached to yeah. Pretty, pretty sure it was Rex. Pretty sure. I, I think it was. It has He's also one of the few that survived Order 66 without being impaired. Ah, oh, with his brutal scene, though. Ah, oh, yeah. No, Fucking that... standing there trying to not shoot her while crying and saying, Good soldiers, Father Waters. Yeah, oh. no. It, if anyone has not watched Rebels, please, for the love of God, No, no, that's it. the, oh, the last season Sorry, of um, Clone Wars. Clone Wars, yeah, not Rebels. Uh, but for love, God, go watch it. The final episode is when Order sixty six hits. No, no, it's not the final episode. There's a couple episodes after Order sixty six happens. Yeah, true. Um, where she's escaping. Yeah, where she's but, on the ship full of clones that want to murder her. But they do a, a really good <sighs> job of showing the exact moment that Order sixty six happens yeah. and all, everything comes together. Yeah, and it's very well done. And you, I kind of got weird goosebumps from that one. It's like watching it. Oh shit. It's happening. Yeah. That thing we never thought they'd actually sack up and do, it's happening. I would highly yeah. recommend if you watched a little bit of Clone Wars and were like, eh, not my thing, listen to me Fair. right here, right now. Just fire up the last season. You could You don't need to know much. There is no. a uh, a refresher course that someone's put up on, yeah. on YouTube that gets you on like the main highlights of, of Clone Wars. because um, I watched that in preparation yeah. for you know, watching the last well, season. Well, season six came out well. like a year or two after the previous one because we thought it was yeah. never going to get a follow-up. Um, yeah, it's it's excellent. It, like, they absolutely were like, we're doing one more season of this. Go hard. Well, it was like after the success of Rebels and everything else, they threw money at it. Mm. And it's like, all right, we've, we've proved there is actually a market for this again. So have some money, have a last season make something interesting and that led us on to Bad Batch and everything else getting extended as well yeah so. and yeah it's all been good I, I personally think their animated offering the biggest problem their animated offerings have and they god damn it one of these days I will return remember to tell me god damn for all okay. it's annoying because Swoosh literally took a moment to do this before we started recording and I didn't do it either there's always one of us there's at least one of us each episode forgets to turn their phone off um the problem their anime stuff has is it always feels a little childish at the start and then it yeah. gets its gears going and then it's like oh the they may not stop being kid shows but they get a lot more like adult orientated so like an adult audience can enjoy them a lot more yeah but they always start a little childish because like I mean come on uh, one of the later seasons of Clone Wars deals with a Jedi master who decides that he fucking hates clones so he's going to yeah. specifically set them up to shoot each other Pretty much. It's just like, it gets into some dark shit. It it really fucking does. It's 
it's still very fun and entertaining, but yeah. it's like every so often it's like, and dark side of the universe. I'm like, I like that. Can yeah. I get more of that, please? Uh, aren't we meant to be getting a Star Wars horror show at some point in the future? There was something that popped up for it. Uh, maybe. I haven't got anything about it right on top of me right now. It was in one of the um, like batch things they did a while ago. Because when Soka was first announced, there was something else they were doing which they may not have been horror. They but might have. Like a thriller. Because they put out like a lot of stuff in one go. Like the last yeah. celebration they just did, <clears throat> they were a little more focused. Like, what yeah. are you actually going to get? Uh, because it seems like the, uh, what is it, uh, Rogue Squadron movie seems to have been shelved indefinitely. Which makes me sad. Um, yes and no. I mean, I wasn't that excited for, okay, we're gonna do space pilots. Okay. I mean, a pilot's uh, TV show or movie would be interesting. I swear, like, I thought they were setting up, um, a split-off with, uh, Oh, I can't remember the actual actor's name, but Mr. Kim um, from Mando. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would honestly watch a detective series with him. Yeah. Like, I would enjoy that, because he looks... They're setting him up as the not-quite-renegade X-Wing cop, but a guy who is trying to play by the rules, but is happy to play outside them if he, it's for the good of the yeah. galaxy. And I would love to see more of that. Also, I just like that actor. He's fun. So, the other two movies that we're talking about at this celebration was Acolyte, which they've now confirmed when it's set. It is the oldest point in the timeline currently discussed. Oh. So, previously we had High Republic, and then before that they had Old Republic. Now, before that is uh, Rise of the Jedi. Hmm. And they're setting it then. So they're setting it in the Ooh. oldest point in the timeline that they're willing to canonize. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Like, I, I like them going back to a time where, you know, the Skywalkers are barely even a twinkle in their ancestors' eye. So we can get away from that yeah. entirely. I'm sick to death of the Skywalkers. I, well, I like Star Wars, but I want them to go away. <laughs> I'm guessing you haven't heard what the third movie is. No, not Mara Jade. What? Is it Mara? No. Luke's daughter or whatever the fuck it is? How are they supposed to do that? He's dead. Uh, like Luke. Oh, yeah, true. All, this, all the old legacy stuff to do with Luke is useless now. He can't yeah. have a wife. He can't have kids. Um, It's all out the window. I think Mara Jade was his wife, wasn't she? I can't remember if she was his wife. I would have to look it up again. It's been a while since I read any of the old legacy books. Um, yeah. I know she's attached to him somehow. Um, no. So what they're doing is they're jumping forward in the timeline 15 years and showing Rey setting up a Jedi Academy. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I, oh, look, I that, there was a little cold bit of my heart that had a little flame that was like they're gonna forget about the new trilogy they're just gonna let it die let yeah. it go away as a, a mistake hmm. they kept doing stuff in the TV shows and things that were essentially setting up the Palpatine thing and I'm like okay yeah. I get it but like maybe you could do a new set of movies that actually picks that plot up properly and we can have something hmm. good and you you'll just forget you did it nah nah now they've officially want... stated that she's doing. She's in the the thing. She's running a Jedi yeah. Academy. It's set fifteen years after the third film. 
I hate the fact it's going to be like because she has no training as a Jedi. She has less training than Luke did. Yeah. Like she had like a, a weekend seminar and level a couple of training. Books. Yeah. I I don't want Jedi and Sith anymore. You don't need them to have good villains. You could just have a Force user who uses the Force in dark ways, hmm. and you can experiment with it. Just because the light side powers are always described as the light side powers doesn't mean they can't be used for dark desires. Mm. Like, explore on that, or have a, a renegade force user who uses lightning but is a vigilante. Yeah. Like, you could do so much stuff there. You you essentially have space superpower, but you're limiting yourself to samurais and angry lords. Yeah. That's it. You're not expanding on this. You, you have an opportunity here. Mm. You could have just let those orders die and explain it away as they weren't keeping the balance, they were making it worse. Like, everything else has been setting up for Grey Force users, the guys in the middle. Everything has been pushing towards it. Mm. Hell, we saw a great being of the Force of the uh, the Moral Grey from uh, Rebels. Like yeah, when they were on the planet that embodied the Force. Yeah. And it's just, that was great. And even then, the three um, sides of it, the uh, the father who was the this grey force and the daughter and the son who are the light and dark uh, being encompassed as you know great users you could expand on that mm. but no Jedi yeah like, so that's the third one and I'm the least excited about it and it snuffed out that not, little flame in my yeah. heart that was like they're gonna just forget about these terrible movies I think it's like it's not even gonna be the Jedi it's gonna be like a photocopy of a photocopy of the Jedi yeah cause Rey's never experienced the Jedi yeah, and her experience with them is one old guy and his dusty old books. And even then, Yoda burnt the books, didn't he? Nope. Oh no, she took him with him. That's yep. Right, right after he burns yeah. the tree, and he's like, all of the texts are gone. They then show Ray putting them in a in a drawer. Yeah. But, even then, if they go back to the original Jedi stuff, um, that alone, if if. Those books don't contain the exact model the Jedi Order was already working on. It means the Jedi Order corrupted itself. Yeah. By ignoring the sacred text. They left them to rot in the tree. Uh, they forgot about them. <laughs> so what uh, is it with, like, Force books and the trees? Yeah. Either How way... The force users in their trees, man. Oh, and uh, I don't remember if it was at, vi at um, the Celebration, but I do know we're getting another season of uh, Star Wars Visions as well. Yes, that I'm kind of keen for. The first one was very fun. Yeah, I still, like, absolutely love Lightsaber Umbrella. That was fun. Oh, it was so great. I love that one. But I like those anthology kind of shows where yeah. they can play with a universe. And like, hey, what about this? And that's where they can make those changes and do some interesting stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I think the only other thing we have to talk about... Star Wars is the current run of Mando, but we're going to save that for next week, because next week yes. is the final. We kind of wanted to talk about it this week, because damn, that penultimate episode was so oh, yeah. good. Holy They've always crap. been good with like the penultimate ones, where it's like, we're just right before, we're going to get you hype. Like, Ooh, you bastards, yeah. I am indeed hype. Well, this given the fact key. that this is about to be the culmination of Bo-Katan's story, from three t from two TV shows ago, yeah, because she started yeah. in Clone Wars, flowed through into Rebels, and now she's into Mando. 
I do like the fact that um, in the episode before, Mando rules lawyers around giving up the fucking blade. Oh yeah, that's so good. <laughs> I loved it. But we'll get into this uh, stuff next week when we we do a big roundup on the season of Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, little teaser for you. <laughs> but shock horror, we like it. Who'd have thought, right? Who want? So shall we move on to being grumpy at some companies? We are very good at being grumpy at companies. Alright, let's start with the soft target. Uh, HBO. So, HBO is making has announced two things. One, for some I don't freaking know why reason, they're dropping the HBO from HBO Max. So they're just going to be called Max. The only reason I can think of is under, I think it's American uh, law, after a, um, a what is it? A product makes so X amount of money, it has to become a separate entity. Um, maybe which that I think might have something to do with it, or, or it's probably just not a tax thing. It might you know, also so. uh, lean into what is a thing that a lot of streaming services are running into as a thing now, where they're not only not able to make enough of their own content, so they've got to start getting mm. it from somewhere else. Yeah. So if you're leasing a you know Marvel movies, well, they weren't <clears> made by HBO, so. Yeah, it's also one of those things where, uh, for the longest time, the reason that you know, Disney that couldn't have their own theaters uh, or set their own prices was a fact that the government across you know, most of the world's like, no, you can't be a production house and distribute to the uh, to people. That's double dipping. And then streaming services happened, and they're a weird middle ground. And I think there's been some push uh, in certain places to have those laws fixed so they can't keep doing it this way. So they might be going, oh, no, it's not us. It's a separate entity. They just happen to have all their hey, shit. Maybe, but I doubt that. You never know. I mean, Disney like, basically runs a state, so... More or less. Like, I'm pretty sure all of the uh, Disney parks are considered not sovereign land, but they function under their own power. I think because they funnel so much money into their communities and areas, it's just like, oh, the local legislator wants to make something we don't like. Yeah, nah, we'll just leave <laughs> if you do that. You don't, you don't fuck with the House of Mouse. But point is, they're doing that. And their second thing is they are committing to a 10-year project in which they are going to remake the Harry Potter books. Mm, now, that no. sounds like it could be good until they yeah. point out that it will have direct involvement by J.K. Rowling. Yep. If and I don't like that. At all. If all they'd done is go, we're not getting J.K. Rowling's involvement, well, hey, then we could have potentially gone, okay, we're going to have all of the things that aren't very good in those mm. books. We can rejigger that stuff and smooth out some of the more questionable content. Yeah. No, no, J.K. Rowling's going to be heavily involved, so you, it's you're not going to be... And the fact that she's that. like heavily involved as well is never a good thing to see. It's just going to become another, you know, soapbox for her to start preaching her very bigoted views again, so... Probably. I'm not going to make any more comment about that, because we don't yeah. know. But it's a pretty fair assumption, and it's not a good thing to have, like, put out there, like, big block letters. We're doing this. Like, that should have just been, like, we're doing Harry Potter! And then very small in the background, also, this chick's going to be involved with that, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, pretty quickly, anyone who asked them any questions would have been like, so, uh, J.K. Rowling? Yeah, it would have been the first thing people ask, but mm. they might have got at least a good week of press out of it. Yeah, I know, right? So, that's HBO. Yeah. Move on to, uh, Easy Mark number two. Excellent. So, 
Sony. Ah, now, yeah. I would heavily like to point out that this is not confirmed by Sony, so we could be talking out of our ass, but I have seen it reported in a couple of different places. Sony's looking to do a new handheld, and people are like, ooh, they're going to take another swing at the Vita, are they? And yeah. there's still a lot Re of people who are big fans of the Vita. I was actually uh, around at a friend of mine's place who's a giant tech hoarder, and mm. she's still got her Vita, and it's on her coffee table because she loves the thing. And really oh, wishes yeah. more people would like it too, but you know it doesn't get games anymore. And you know, the Vita was essentially the Zune for handheld gaming devices. Kinda. Well, it functioned; it did its job, but no one ever played it. Yeah. Well, they prioritized graphics and fidelity, uh, mm. and you know, play speed and all that kind of stuff over everything else, which meant it had the battery life of you know a double A. Basically, it's like I'm going to play this game, and we're done. Yeah. So, like, I had a PSP. Actually, I've still got mine. Uh, mm. It's a good little piece of kit. It's just, yeah, it's not great. Like, so, they're looking... They died for a reason. Yeah. But they're looking to, to wander back in, and it seems like what it's going to be is a handheld with a screen on it. You know, uh, sort of Switch-like with the mm. uh, controller bits bolted onto the side of it. It's going to be capable of 1080p, 60 frames per second streaming from your PS5. Yeah. Only. It's It can't go on the road. So, has none of its own hardware. You have to have a plugged in and running PS5 to and, stream the content. And you can be the only one using the PS5. It's not like, you know, Switch could be playing Horizon and I'm like, oh, but I want to play Last of Us. I'll play yeah. on the little screen then. Nope. Only one person can be using the PlayStation and if the person on the little screen's using it, can't use it on the big screen. Pretty much, and that shouldn't even be like. Yes, it's a handheld, but that's a controller. That's not a fucking handheld device. Mm. To me, that is a bit of a stretch. What it is like, if you're going to do a handheld device, and if you're going to try and copy the Switch, go hard. Like, do it properly. Why are you fardassing around with half an idea and doing it worse than your competitor is? Yeah. Like, if, if you can't do it better than them, ignore it. Leave it be. Yeah. Work on something different. Find a new avenue. Hell, like, I remember, I think it was uh, Sony tried making a um, a phone years ago. Back before, like, when smartphones were not a thing. It's one of the big fold-out kind of ones. Mm. Barely functional LCD screen. But they're like, ah, we'll make it into a Game Boy, essentially. And it had digital gaming. Bring that back. If you could like build a phone with a decent battery life uh, that would be able to function as a handheld, I reckon you'd be able to go into a different market. You'd have something different that sets you apart from everyone else. Because, let's face it, Microsoft has that integration with uh, PC down, and they will never be beaten. Well, and I'm not we going to say the they're casual. never going to be beaten, but no one's fighting them. At least not Sony. <laughs> Look, again, I keep bringing it up because we keep kind of hearing rumors about it every time they put new stuff out. We keep finding little hints that they're looking to do a PC storefront. Yeah. Hurry up, do I, it. Stop letting Microsoft much. run the show. Because the further yeah. Microsoft gets out in front, the harder you're going to have trying to make the ground up. See, like, to me, that's what I think is happening. They've realized that at this point, Microsoft has so much of a lead going that we might as well start try and take on a different person. They've always seen uh, Nintendo as a not even a threat to them. They're a toy company. Yeah. 
So effectively, they're like, oh, we can just take their things to the Switch. We'll punch down. It's like, you're going to find out that you, you don't punch down on Nintendo. They will win. Well, they are, they're not even... They are a sleeping behemoth. They're not even you punching down, off. though. They're not yeah. making a portable handheld unit. If they were yeah. diving back into the portable space using the knowledge they've had over all these years and stealing the design, essentially, of the Switch, then mm. it'd be like, cool, you're actually trying to take some swings at Nintendo. This yeah. is nothing. This is a giant nothing burger. The only person really this is. could possibly be targeted at, and I know it won't be cheap enough for this to be real, so to be the way it would work, would be someone who is living in a setup where they cannot have a TV or cannot afford one, mm. and so you get this so you can still play a PS5. Yeah. But if you're not capable of having a TV, then why did you buy a PS5? And if you can't afford a TV, you can't afford a controller yeah. with just a little TV in it. TVs are cheap. They're not oh, expensive yeah. pieces of equipment anymore. And you can get big ones for very little. Oh, yeah. Like, um, you can get a decent-sized TV for very cheap. Uh, like, you hit up Aldi on the right day, you can get a fucking t- a big-screen TV for, like, 200 bucks. That's where I got my one on, actually. Like, I have a TV in my bedroom, which was a... I think it's Braun or something. Yeah. So I got that from Aldi. It was great. So, it's not expensive, and no way this controller's, like, 50 bucks. No. Not at all. Like, so, this is going to be probably, like, variable to the PS5, I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm expecting this 500 at the very least. I don't think they uh, get probably. away selling that much, but definitely more closer to the 200. You know how, like, the there's the... Well, their normal um, controllers are at least 100 bucks, and that's yeah. just the controller. Well, see, like, I was going to compare it to the um, Xbox Pro controller, which is, like, 170 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're talking like a two hundred dollar for premium controllers. Hmm. So, but again, like for two hundred bucks, I can get a TV. Yeah. I I don't know why they anyone thought this was a good idea. No. Well, it, like, again, it's... it may not be real. Yeah. This may be some crap that's just been shuffled around the news sites and everyone's talking about it, and it turns hmm. out to be not real, or maybe it is more Switch-like than they're reporting. I, I very much hope that this is not everything because you know if it came from a leak I'd be like alright maybe it's like one of those things where they're testing the waters by exposing their own leak or something but mm. no just there's not really much to see for it and that might be what it is like they could be just someone in PR going what if we just say that's what we're doing and leak it to some random news sites and see what happens but maybe later. who knows like I said it's not confirmed by Sony so grain of yeah. salt's all around um, but I mean, it's only like two months before trailer season happens and we'll get Sony's big announcement suite. So if they're going to talk mm. about it at some place, it's probably going to be that. Pretty much. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. I, I would like them to w- do something with a handheld. I would like that. It'd be great. Yeah. But they would definitely have to focus heavily on battery life. I mean, it's the biggest problem the Switch is having now that people are pushing the hardware harder. It's battery life mm. is just not there. Oh, yeah. How people have been screaming for, like, essentially a Switch 2 for a while now. Pretty much. And I, like, I love my Switch, but I would absolutely buy a new one if... Oh, yeah, no, I would definitely upgrade to a new one. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, last company we're going to have a bitch at in this little segment. Uh, I can't remember what the company's actually called, but the guys who made uh, Ark Survival. Yeah. So, strap yourselves in because this is fucked. This is so stupid. So, 
they are charging, uh, I think it's 70 bucks for the remaster of Ark Survival. No, yeah. sorry, it was 60 bucks for the uh, remake of Ark Survival. And they were going, okay, it, we're, we're charging this much for a game we've essentially already made, but with slightly prettier mm. graphics, because it's coming with a copy of Ark Survival 2. Whenever yeah. the fuck that comes out, and if you don't remember what that was, that was the Vin Diesel dinosaur trailer from like three, two E3 uh, games fests ago. Yeah. Um, so who knows when that's actually going to come out. But they had this remake. They have recently amended the remake, after people have bitched and whined about it, to no longer include the second game. They've raised the price by $10. But yep. now it includes the DLC. And they're still turning off the legacy service, so the only way you'll be able to play the games with the remake. Yeah, they are effectively... like If you've bought this game before, like I have, I actually bought a couple of expansions with it. They're more or less useless now. Well, private servers are still theoretically runnable, yeah. but there's not going to be any official service support for this game anymore. You have to buy yep. the remake if you want the official support. Pretty much. And like that, it's a scuzzy move. Yeah, there's no way to look at this without it just being like, no. I, you've just you've taken away the only reason you could justify this being uh, any cost. Yeah, really for like above like thirty bucks if you already bought it. Um, like if they just said, look, if you already have it, you can get it cheaper. Well, I would be fine. Or Graphical do, update, DLC would be perfect. Do what fucking and I can't believe we meant to promote this. Do what fucking Skyrim did. Yeah. Well, when they went to the collector's edition, if you owned the game and all the DLC, they just gave it to you. Yeah. And I think when they went to Legendary, they did it again. Yeah. So, do that. If you own Ark already, here, have the remaster. Yeah. You've already paid. That would get you so much good credit. Yeah. People would stick with you for so much longer. Given how much shit that company's gotten for, you know, we put DLC in a game that isn't done. Yeah, yeah, and, and they are one of the reasons why they had to change what a um, an alpha and like a beta thing is. Like they had to change. Like no, you can't keep doing this case. And now they're angling towards doing a sequel. But while they work on the sequel, they want to resell you the game they already made, slightly prettier. Yeah, it is purely a money grab and I get the feeling these guys much like other companies uh, that we've talked about previously are like looking at people more as wallets than anything else yes 100% like, you're not a person not a person to them you are a sentient wallet you're uh, a speed you are, bump to that wallet <laughs> yeah you are an obstacle between them and your money and that I don't like that I don't endorse that no if and when Ark 2 ever releases I might have a look at it um but offer practices like this no yeah no I wasn't a huge fan of Ark to begin with I don't think it had nearly enough time in the oven before they started Mm -hmm. trying to push it for people to play yeah and this sort of scummy crap nah man not even Vin Diesel's gonna get me to play that game Pretty much. They're going to have to work hard after this, I think. Even die-hard fans of this are going to be looking at that going, that's that's a kick in the teeth, guys. We've told you that we are not happy with what you're doing. Your response will say, alright, cool, we'll double down and force force worse things on you. Mm. No. So, so that's our our three roundup of companies that were doing some dumb shit this week. 
I mean, guaranteeing there'll be more next week. There's always at least one company doing some dumb shit. Oh, 100%. It's usually Blizzard. Generally, yeah. Like, at this point, any controversy happens on the internet, the entire guy's like, Blizzard, no! It's like, oh, wait, sorry, force of habit. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I mean, there was a, a, a thing that was like, some people are going to get to play Diablo 4 early, and it turned out it was just due, due to... I think I just lost Seth. I did! Give it a second, folks, and he'll be back. When did I cut out? Uh, you were mid-something or other, but... I have no idea. Crap. This is gonna be a fun one. What was the last thing you heard me say? I don't know. Um... Had I started oh, pitching about Diablo yet? No! Okay, so, there was a thing that came out that some people were gonna get to play Diablo early. Uh, Diablo nice. 4. Turned out mm. that it was simply due to, um... Uh... Crap, like, I spent this entire time while I've apparently been disconnected from the call trying to remember what the fucking, uh, the difference between time zones. Um. There is a word. I know, but my brain won't tell me what it is, and it's really going to annoy me for fucking ages. Basically, because of people being in different time zones, that's why some people will get to play it early, and the difference is only seven hours. That, that's what they're going with look there's actually some other stuff where like if you're a premium you've premium editions you get five days early blah, blah 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 but the thing they're referring to for this particular thing was simply a seven hour drift due to time zones Jesus Christ wait it's like woo ah. yeah people are playing it early because of fucking that shit like that's dumb that's fucking stupid dude I live in it's Australia I'm used to games coming out at two in the morning yeah like every time, but everyone's always doing, oh, you get it early, like, if I stay awake all day, sure, like that's not fun yeah so, you know, we'll, we'll get around to some proper blizzard bashing again at some point I'm sure they're gonna do something oh, else yeah. but, I feel like it's time to move on to our main event for this week, cause it's book week yay, I like book week so, our book for the last month was the land of the undying lord so this one was a was it a progression yes. novel, I think they're called. Uh, they um, use the lit RPG mechanics, but they use them more as a, a background instead of a main... Well, it's sort, I want to say it's a background, but it is kind of a focus for the series. It's hard to describe. But there a lot is, of things just refer to it as the nameless system. Or if something you've similar. read lit RPGs and you've read progression fiction, there is a difference. It's just really hard to describe. And to me, it's Mostly a it's, sense um, of focus. Like, for me, lit RPG tends to be more of isekai, the, the novel. People tend to get yeah. shunted into a fantasy world, whereas a progression RPG is self-contained within yes. that world. Um, so people aren't brought in from the outside. They have no previous knowledge to draw on. They are only working within the system confines. They're not looking at like game mechanics and how to break it. It's like, no, no. Yeah. Everything's known about this system. You just progress it. Yeah. Um... So, I will read John Doe's remarks in his entirety. He decided to send me his basic little blurb on the on the thing. Uh, because, like I said, not here. Stupid real world mm. life. But we wanted to get his opinion all the same. So, these are John Doe's remarks on the book. I really enjoyed this book and the series because John Doe listens to so many audiobooks more than we do. But he's done the whole series yeah. and so have I. I don't know if Swoosh has finished them yet. I got distracted by a new book that came out, which was um, 
strike at strut, not distract me going yeah. on a tangent for all the stuff. That's fair. I'm sure you'll probably swing back around because they're quite good. Oh yeah, definitely. It's in my list. The opening when he is first summoned and his master acts the way she does first made me worry that this was going to be a master slash slave power trip. But then yeah. the powerful people in this world, both the smarter do, the people of this world, do both the smartest and dumbest thing possible. They know he's a summon. They know he's the best Pokemon ever with unlimited potential, and they know he's a bond, which is They know his bond with his master is failing, and accelerating without being in her proximity. So they separate them further, compounding the issue when she finally gets told, you're being a bitch because your bond is failing, better go find him. They've taken him far into the countryside to train. It could have been a redemption story for someone who finally able to see the value of those around her from the point of view of her summon. All that was needed was for the author to replace Tersa's character with his summoner. But instead, there is little to no repercussion once the bond is broken. I also thought, once they start discovering his utility and skills lost and the potential, he has that this was going to be a Pokemon lit RPG, where they will travel the countryside battling other summons, but no. By the end of the book, he may as well have just woken up in the world and stumbled into the castle. All in all, there are a few flaws and bits that irk me due to their direction they chose for the characters, but I really enjoyed this book by the end. Now, he brings up some points there that are pretty solid, and I don't want to too shit on it too much, because, of course, John Nosh not here to defend said opinions. Yeah. I do disagree with some of it. Um, the, the taking him away, I don't think, was incorrect, because they actually point out quite heavily that a lot of that was they were trying to make him like them so that if she was yeah. incapable of fixing the bond that he would like them enough to hang around once the bond was broken yeah they, they wanted to keep him in the kingdom's favor not her yeah so it was kind of like playing two sides of the coin either she fixes the bond and we keep him or she breaks the bond and we made him happy so he stays she also in that first book never stops being a bitch oh no no, no not even a little like, bit even when uh, she comes back later on and sees like, oh, he's gotten so much better. Had you put in any time and effort into this, yeah. you would have had an amazing partner. Um, she, then she's like, oh, wow, okay, you're useful-ish. It's like, go to hell. Well, I mean, uh, you're name, a horrible person. I mean, the name she gave for him is is Trent, which if translated into the Elvish of this setting means useless. Like, right, we should probably start at the very beginning yeah. of this so we don't get too off track. Uh, but essentially, the main character is a summoned creature in the world. So they defeated a boss monster of a level of a dungeon, uh, a permanent dungeon you can just go through and restart constantly, experience grind, get stuff yeah. from. Entire economies run off this dungeon because they get items and gold and other stuff out of it. Mm. Uh, and instead of being interested in the fact that this is the first human summons that she has ever heard of. Pretty much anyone's ever heard of. I don't think anyone Pretty in much. the setting has ever looked at Trent and been like, yep, I've seen human summons before. Yeah, essentially it's so super rare. Like, that alone should have been a clue of, oh, it's fucking rare as shit, that's amazing. Instead, she treats him like a, a piece of scum on the boot from the very get-go. Mm. Uh, the whole thing of like, oh, all right, what do you, what's your status? Like, 
and he's just sitting there like, what's the status? He's like, oh, how could you not know this? You're so stupid. Like, he's literally come into existence four minutes ago, woman. Mm. Like, come on. Give him at least a bit of time to acclimate. Yeah. Um, and then when he finally shows the status, she's like, these are horrible stats. These, these are rubbish. And it's just like, oh, okay. Hey, hey, you can work on that. Yeah. You were also rubbish at level one. Yeah. And the way she puts it is like, oh, we don't have time to level some. We have to go deeper in, into the things. It's going to take too long to mm. um, to get him up to scratch. Completely forgetting the fact that power leveling exists. Mm. You take a low-level character into a place, and then you keep them safe, and they will gain a bunch of experience. Especially because she has... Uh, I think she has leadership, which is the does, yeah. the ability required to form a party and share experience. Yeah. And, it's you know, that falls apart. She's very pissed off and goes mm. stomping back to the castle. Because uh, she is technically royalty but she's too far behind his succession to be of note really well she's the son of the the duke of the land yeah um, she's not part of the royal line but she's becoming an adventurer yes so she's got she wants to do the adventuring route but everyone in the books is like she's a shit adventurer and a shit person yeah like even her own father's like <laughs> yeah no th- that child can't be trusted with this so they um, essentially pass him off to her brother who sends him to the head trainer for the guard who's like, oh my god, it's clay and I may mold it into anything I want. Oh my god. And he fucking the loves this kid. The, the great thing is like, his loyalty starts ticking down the second he's like brought into that world and she treats him like shit. Oh yeah. Um, but at one point, because he is essentially a golem... Um, like if she if he doesn't follow instructions oh, from her, yeah, he gets in he gets so much pain, and this is pain that you cannot be dulled to. It is consistent torment. Um, and they get back to the palace after he's just been summoned, and she's I'm gonna go do stuff. And he's like, oh, what should I do? And he's panting because he's barely able to keep up with these guys because he has bugger all stats in the you know mm. uh, stamina or anything. He's like, I don't know, go run laps, and then she just leaves. So he runs laps. And at some point, one of the guards is watching him, and he's getting puffed, and he's like, alright, cool, have a, have a stop, have a bit of water. And he's like, no, I have to go. And he keeps running, to the point where he will pass out, but then the magic of the summons will kick in and torture him until he gets up and starts running again. Mm. And this goes on for hours, to the point where the guards freak out and contact the Duke's son, who is the master of the guard, yeah. like, something fucky's happened, and you need to come and see this. Mm. And then he of course gets angry demands that she turn up and she delays because politics well she thinks it's yeah. some dumb thing and she doesn't have to be there it's not important Her, the exact words are how dare he summon me and it's like yeah. A you're younger than him B he's captain of the guard C he's higher in succession than you yeah all of these things combined um, like she's an unlikable character and she's written that way yeah it's Like she, you're not meant to like her she's mm. an absolute bitch um, but then of course he gets good mentors and they take him on and they start yeah. they realize he has so many skill slots and things we can use and he goes on plus things and he goes off on doing some training and he clearly starts to he starts making friends with this girl Tursa um, hmm. and the the big crux of the whole thing is they get pulled into what they call a wandering trial yeah. um, which is just a trial that can show up anywhere at any time <laughs> and do and just warp a bunch of people away 
Um, yep. And it warps him, his commander, their company of soldiers, and his master and her team of adventurers. And all the, the poor recruits who are just there for, like, basic yeah. training. So, they all get whiffed off to the land of the Undying Lord. At which point, it just... It, like, all their commanders have to run away from them because Trials base difficulty of monster on difficulty of person. Yeah. So... We don't know at that point what level some of the commanders are, although we do later in the books in holy shit. Um, so they, like all- they keep making a big fuss about level fifty at the start of the books. Like level fifty is a milestone. The entire time, the king and the like trainer are just giggling in the background. <laughs> they think fifty's high. So um, yeah, they so all of their highest commanders have to immediately run away. Yeah, uh, Trent having developed some various skills is one of the only people able to see the special magical traps in this trial mm. but due to Tursa who accidentally bumbles him into a trap, him and Tursa get completely separated from everybody else basically every trial that um, Trent goes through is because of Tursa well it's definitely like, yeah, she causes a lot of stupidity because she just keeps doing dumb shit. Although, but she's at least likable. Across the the books, and certainly by the end of book four, uh, Tess mm. is actually turning into actually a much more interesting and well rounded character. Nice. But then the fa- like they use her at the start as well because they want to have some kind of like barbarian rejection of your base stats type vibe going on. Yeah, and so she <clears> has <throat> a lot of pig headedness in her and does a lot of dumb shit. So it all basically boils down to, like, you've got these recruits who are trying to survive, Trent and Tursa who are going off on their own private adventure, and all the commanders off doing their own thing because they're too high level to be around any of their subordinates. Yeah. And <clears throat> the various shenanigans that happen there. Even in that, um, the his, uh, his master basically is terrible. She keeps yeah. making mistake after mistake after mistake. Even just basic things that adventurers would do. Because the way their system works is you can get skill stones as loot from monsters. And they will teach you a skill. Mm. But you have no idea what's in it unless you have the identify skill. So what she does is at one point she finds a skill, just uses it. Mm. And gets a divine strike. Which against the things they're fighting, the undead, is amazing. But she's lower level than someone else. Doesn't know how to use that strike properly. And effectively, had she followed procedure and handed that into the high wraps of the party, they would have been saved by so from so many other things. Yeah, like she made their fight infinitely harder by going, "No, I want this." There's a, a bit where almost her entire team gets killed because yeah. they go against the orders of the commanders. Yep, they go they rogue. Just, they and do the adventure better. thing. And Which they've already been told they've done before. Like uh, one of the people in their their group is actually a plant from the Duke, uh, who is a high level assassin. And when they first get into this dungeon, he gets outed as being the high level assassin because he can't hang around. Yeah, he's like, I have to go with the big guy over there because our levels combined means that the next like one monster appears, you are all dead. Mm. You will die horribly and in pain. So he he leaves with him, and they go to a training session essentially. Uh, so they've lost their their scout and their tank is an actual idiot yeah he stands in front and 
like brute forces everything. It's like I'm just gonna stand here. It's like and he's he taking moved. and he's taking no dexterity, so he can't hit the broad side of a barn. Yeah, and at any point, if someone tries to correct him because they're all nobility, they're dicks about it. Yeah. At one point, someone in the the military gives him like constructive criticism and basically gets told, "Shut the fuck up." Yeah. yeah I, I am nobility. It's like, I, I look forward to when you die. And he nearly yeah. does. He nearly does. He almost gets wrecked because he's, he stands in front of a train, essentially. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, like, they have a... Because they're all just bad builds. Because uh, they've got a, a magic user who is really good at water magic who decided to spec fire. Yeah. Like, he went against his natural alignment for... Or natural affinity for magic. And he effectively has to nuke himself at one point to make sure that not everyone else doesn't die. Yeah, I mean, I, it does work. It works, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Trent's off just learning shit. Yeah, and being amazed and being nice to things. Like he gains a few abilities by going through. They get into a safe zone. It has all these nature spirits around, little sprites and wisps. Mm. And he makes friends with one, and it teaches him a fire spell, a little mm. spark kind of thing, so he can make a basic flame. And then it hangs out in his flame for a while, gets drunk, and makes friends. So he goes off wandering, makes more friends with other different kinds of elemental wisps. And that just keeps basing and building his power internally, because he's yeah. just being a wholesome, lovely person. Uh, but yeah. I think plot-wise, we'll leave it there in case you haven't read the book. It won't spoil yeah. the ending. But that's kind of how it breaks down. It... it, it the rest of the book is essentially clearing this trial. Um, yeah. And the various adventures that Trent and Tursa have, the commanders have, and the other group have. I do enjoy the commanders' little side oh, story. So it fun. was fun. It's a strange batch because you have the commanders who are very much a comedy, I mm. swear. They, I, it's two high powered guys fighting hordes. Uh, then you've got Trent and, you know, Tursa who are running around in a very more brutal sense like one mistake they're fucked they're very low level it, they're, they're and glass canning the it because like they have yeah. abilities that are like we can kill anything but anything can kill us yeah like they can get fucked up pretty quickly mm. and then you have the rest who are fledgling um guardsmen who are learning to do teamwork and cooperate and do that kind of stuff so they are learning to entrench they are learning about defensive positions and all that kind of stuff. And it's really interesting yeah. because it counterpoints very well into the three different kinds of role players mm. or different kinds of gamers. You have the power gamers off in the distance laughing hysterically as they slaughter armies. Uh, you have the basic players who are like, ah, cool, we're entrenched, we're, we're following the mechanics, we're doing the thing, and we're steadily getting better. And then you have the maples, or the maples who are just in the background getting absurd skills and being hilarious. Yeah. Like, um, and that's kind of how the books continue on um, I've read the f all four books that are currently available it's not done yet there will be more um, and every time they go Trent ends up in a dungeon or in some weird circumstance it's incredibly interesting I yeah. don't know how to describe it because I've read so many fantasy novels and like as you're well aware we've been on a bit of a lit RPG kick here for a while so I've read a lot of people going into dungeons, but they are just so much more interesting with the way they're written here. Uh, the yeah. most recent one was actually book four. Actually, can it has it contains a puzzle dungeon, 
mm. where they've got to solve riddles and, and mysteries to get through all the rooms. Um, yeah. And it's just so interestingly written. And I love the way Trent is written. He is mm. easily one of my favorite protagonists in a book series in a long time. Oh, absolutely. Because he, he has no information. So it feels natural when people feed him info. Yeah. Because like, he doesn't know. He's a, he's a summon. He has no intelligent, like, you know, knowledge of the kingdom. But he's also really nice. And he sees the world in a form of wonder that everyone else seems to be mm. jaded to half the time. And you can, the way he's written, you can feel that wonder coming through. Even in dire circumstances mm. like the dungeon, he finds beauty and, and things there to look into. Then you have the gritty side, which was the guards getting like surrounded and attacked by mini armies, essentially. It's like, this is a nice juxtaposition. You can see that the darker version of people born to this who have been raised mm. in this to someone who has just sprung into being as a, an eight-year-old or a ten-year-old or something along mm. those lines. And how he's interpreting the world it's like I like this this is fresh and interesting it's yeah. a very like well-worn territory for a story type but he's done it in such an interesting way it's really hard to describe because if I, yeah. I told you like in the in one of the later books he ends up in a, a dungeon full of were creatures mm. but the way he interacts with the entire setting the way they describe what he's doing and how he interacts with it's just so interesting yeah, I, I can't do it justice to say, oh yeah, he was in a werewolf trial and he kills a bunch of were-creatures and he finds some extra magical items in there that he doesn't really understand, hmm. but they work really well in the setting and it moves on and on and on. But, it's, it, I don't know, it's just described perfectly. Like, even in the first book, in the trial where they have that safe point where he makes friends of wisps, he finds some loot that he doesn't need to kill anything for. He just helps out these wisps and they give him some stuff. Hmm. Um... And he opens the, the boxes, the three loot boxes, and the other two are passed out somewhere. Mm. Um, and he finds these boxes, opens each one, and he's like, this is clearly not for me. This is, this item is clearly for Tursa. Um, or this item is clearly for X other person. And according to the other two, when he goes back and presents them with the items, like, by rights, this is yours. Mm. You found it, you opened the chest, you cleared it you don't have to give this to us it's like yeah but it's clearly for you yeah he's just a good adventurer and a good human being yeah which is hilarious because it takes a summons to be a better human being than a human being is yeah and so, again that vibe continues to the remaining books and never gets boring yeah. well at least it didn't mm. for me I always wanted to devour the next book I want, mm. and it's really annoying because it leaves on a cliffhanger for before. <laughs> yeah, see, like if it weren't for the fact that Stray Cat Strut came out, like right after I finished that book, I would be going back and watch, uh, reading the next ones, and I'll probably do that very soon, to be honest. I would highly recommend. It's worth your time. Yeah, definitely. I got distracted because uh, it was it eight had its second book come out as well, so I just finished that one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but, yeah. Uh, would highly recommend. Um, the Land of the Undying Lord and the Infinite World series in general. Uh, mm. Definitely, definitely worth checking out. I really, really enjoyed the writing style on that. Um, yeah. The things that um, John Doe brought up, yeah, they're a thing. I think different yeah. people might get different mileage on how much they affect, how much they enjoy the story. Mm. Um, I'm, Just be prepared to hate certain characters yeah. that you are meant to hate. Yeah. I mean, you might not hate his old master by the end of the story, 
but you're yeah. definitely supposed to not like her at the start and definitely not supposed to like her in the middle she has to learn some pretty hard truths and it's, it's nice to mm. see her almost learn those truths but yeah yeah so uh, ne- next uh, next book we have though what we got so it's my pick this time and I think yeah. like a bunch of podcasts ago I said I'd do something sci-fi because we've done a lot of fantasy stuff um, like or fantasy. like on earth stuff so yeah I'm gonna do hell's rejects now I'm specifically gonna suggest we get the books one through four pack gonna get you the okay, most it's one credit for four books that's 30 hours of content yeah so I'm not gonna skimp you I'm not gonna nickel and dime you get book one and book two and book... no we'll just get all four books um I have previously read this. It was a long while ago, and I went to try and read the follow-ups, and I'm like, I don't remember this at all. So yeah. I'm going to be going back and rereading this whole set again so that I can continue reading it. Um, hmm. And I figured, how about we all go along and, and do Hell's Rejects again? I, from the blurb, I'm quite keen on this. It honestly sounds like a sci-fi space version of the Suicide Squad. Kind of is. Essentially, yeah. the main character gets framed, put in a prison... So, uh, some spaceships have been taken and they like, well, we need a whole bunch of guys who are very expendable that we can send into enemy territory to go get them back. Yeah. And they essentially quasi-break out a bunch of people from this penal colony and are like, if you guys don't want to die, go get our ships back. Yeah. And that's what they did. Oh, that, that's that what they attempt to do. It's not finished by the end of book four, of course. Um, and on the plus side, this is a vetted series because Seth's already enjoyed it so far. So chances I, are we will also enjoy this. Yes, I, I liked it. Um, hmm. I don't know, but like I'm I'm weird and my brain doesn't work. So no, there's ours. It's fine. Um, but I mean, at the same time, it's one credit for four books. Yeah, um, it's pretty good. I like that they've got pretty good voice acting for all the characters. One of them actually has like a, a voice tick, and the they actually incorporated into the the way the characters' lines are read. Um, I do like that. It's not a, an overt one. It's oh, it's overt, but it's not like super annoying. But they not didn't horribly distracting. Though. Yeah, well, I mean, like he's supposed to be like this little squirrel dude, and he has this sort of like thing when he talks. It's like supposed to be like them laughing. Um, and they actually do that when he talks. Nice. And it helps. It does help you identify when he's the character at the front but like they all have different voices and different accents and, and they, they're mm. very when the whole crowd's talking you don't need and this character said this and this character said you can hear all the voices and know who's talking excellent um, I like when that happens yes so like I said I had I, I liked it enough that the first time I read it I wanted to read the rest of it and I like it enough that I'm willing to go back and reread the whole thing again to try and read the rest of it yeah um, but I'm keen for that one. I've already grabbed that. It's going to be a good read, I think. Yeah. Or a good listen. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's 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 kind of got a bit of a um, Suicide Squad via Firefly kind of vibe to it. They go to a lot of I'm on board. places of scum and villainy, and it's all about the weird interplay of the crew. And Yeah. Ooh, I like that. That's going to be fun. Yeah. It's a fun time. Yeah. So that will be our book for next month. Well, the coming month. Yes. Uh, yeah, get this little away from... It's not a lit RPG, it's not a progression RPG, and it's not a fantasy yeah. story. 
Like, the next one I think I have to choose, I'm going to make sure it's not a progression or lit RPG, I think. Um, look, if we've got it. a good one, I'm not saying no, but like, I I was just like, look, we gotta do something different, jump into the yeah. sci-fi realm, because I got a lot of sci-fi books I want to read, so I'm sure I can find just something a little bit different. That he, yeah. Like, I love Stray Cat Strut, but it's another fucking progression story. It is, it definitely is. Um, but so like, there's a few that I've got in my my wish list that I think would be good that aren't progression RPGs at all. So even I'm reaching that point of like I should read other things. I love this thing, yeah. But I don't want to like gorge myself. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to get sick of this. Uh, so that's, that's why, why I want to branch out. It feels good because we sort of did lit RPGs and then we stepped down onto progression RPGs and now we're kind of step away again. Yeah. Not to say we ain't like, coming back, because there's some I've been recommended oh, yeah. by people that I really do want to get to. Worst comes to worst, we will use them as a point like, oh, I can't find anything that really speaks to me right now. Progression RPG. Yeah, probably. Probably. They're a good palate cleanser, we'll, we'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, and now that I've got like a couple of these series going, I mean, like mm. I've finished Ten Realms, but there's still uh, He Who Fights With Monsters, and now I'm going to yeah. be looking out for the next book in the Infinity, the Infinite yeah. World. So, you know, it's not like we're going to be not going to circle around again and maybe talk about some books just because, hey, some more of that series we liked came out. Pretty much. Anyway, we made it out to parts of the hour. So, I think we're done for the week. Y'all have a good one. Have a good one. Also, happy Easter because we oh, just yeah. passed that. Yeah, so that too. I hope y'all enjoyed your chocolate day. I mean, I did. That was pretty fun. All right, later. Bye.